Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is the big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. I just want to relax. Nice lukewarm bath. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Sarah Connor. Now look, carnage. Dead. Dead, dude. Well, what's fun about that? Quite sweet, really, aren't they? God, I love this street. No one. Hey guys, welcome back to Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures. Um, Did you forget the name of the podcast? No, it has been a of, while, in fairness. This. Kind of because I'm looking at the board and it has a U instead of an N. And I was like, did he change the names to Exolute Adventures? And I'm like, that's clearly okay. an N. It, well, you. clearly it's is a, a word. Well, I'll, I'll post a picture of it on the internet and <laughs> let the listeners decide. It's a U. By the way, I'm putting my fingers in like a U shape. So I just would like to clarify then that you need notes to remember the name of your own podcast. Is that what you're getting at? No. Oh, okay. I was just reading the thing to see what I should go down, like blah 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 blah. Excellent adventures, and then it says a, and it says an EU, and I'm like, Claire, you were checking your notes at. Welcome to Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures. <laughs> I know how to do it. All right, I'm just so reading the board. You said the name of the podcast. What are we here to do today? We're here to watch Wolfman. No, we already watched Wolfman. We're here to talk about Wolfman. Yeah. So it's been a couple of weeks since we were on the air. I got sick. I got sick. Well, Wait, no, I got sick first. Yeah, you. Yes, that's that's what I was getting to. You got sick, and then you got me sick. You don't even have the same sickness as me. No, yeah, he did because you you had the same illness, and then yours turned into an ear infection. And, you know, you got to think back far enough. Like, we've had disease in this house for weeks. Like three weeks now. Yeah. And uh, if you listen to last week's kind of fill-in episode, you know, we missed two Tuesdays ago because we couldn't record. My voice was totally gone. And then last week, we played the edition of uh, the In the Mouth of Darkness chat cast where Claire got to guest host and interview Andre Gower and Henry McComas about Wolfman's Got Nards, which I think was great. And if you listen to that new intro that Danielle did, she talked a big mess of garbage about how she was just steering clear everybody's illness and throwing food at us and hoping we took our medicine and she was going to just ride this out like she was great. And then who got sick? <laughs> yeah, I did. I should have gone to a hotel. <laughs> yeah. You went to a hotel. When you came back, Daddy would be dead, Harper Crew would be dead, and I would just be laying on the couch watching TV. Yeah. That all checks out, actually. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It really does. Um, do you know what? I read a book when I was in elementary school, and I don't even remember the name of the book. The only pe- part of the book that I remember is that this boy was the youngest of four boys. And every single time one of his brothers got sick, his mother would put him and all three of his brothers in the bed together for the night because she wanted all of them to get sick and just get it over with so it didn't cycle through the house slowly. And he would get so angry because he was healthy and then she would make him get sick. And he actually goes out at some point during the book and contracts the chicken pox on purpose so that he would get it first so that he could give it to his brothers. And I remember thinking that that was just crazy. And why would anybody feel that way? I would give, now, it, to my, I would give it to you. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> now, having been the last person to contract the plague, I totally get it. And um, I just want you guys to know that I'm going to go out as soon as I'm well, because I'm not quite there yet, and start licking random surfaces. 
so that I can find something really good and disgusting and bring it home and share it with you all. Oh, my gosh. Well, that sounds like Harper. (laughs) (laughs) Shots fired. Says Claire, who came home from school not feeling so great. You you know, your mom uh, was like, oh, well, we got to put you on a restricted diet. She goes out of the room. She comes back in. You're chewing on something. And your mom says, wait, what are you eating? And you say, uh, just some chocolate chips. <laughs> and your mom's like, well, where did you get chocolate chips from? And you say, well, I found them on the floor. And they weren't on the floor. They were they were on the couch next to the remote that our brick win had left there. Oh, my gosh. You're eating couch chocolate chips. <laughs> well, you <laughs> eat couch corn. I've seen you eat couch corn. Would never no. in a million years no. eat anything. Your father won't eat with a fork if the Wait. fork... Touches the table surface. <laughs> That's true. A hundred percent. He would not eat couch corn. But for the most part, I think we're we're very healthy and we're back and we're excited to jump back into uh, Operation Universal Horror to talk about The Wolfman as directed by George Wagner from 1941 starring Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, and a whole cast of people that we've seen before in some other roles during our uh, dive into these classic films. Well, I guess first off, you know, Claire, what did you think overall of The Wolfman? It's very an unexpected movie because, as I was telling you before we were recording, the fortune teller, he sounds like the fortune teller when we saw him turn into a werewolf and the pentagram and stuff. I thought that Larry... We saw him like looking through the telescope, or whatever. I thought that he was gonna be the saver, mm-hmm. savior, and like at the beginning of the movie, he would fight the werewolf, and then he would come out with like a couple scratches, but he wouldn't have been bitten. But the werewolf would have gotten away. And at the very end of the movie, he's the wet, the werewolf is like threatening to kill the lady, mm-hmm. his 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 like the girl she likes, and the and she likes him, and then. And so he goes out in the middle of the night, puts some bear traps and such, and then he kills the wolfman right as right as the lady comes through, and then it ends with the with a with the back view of us. With then it ends with a kiss. So he he was gonna be the savior of the day. He fails in the first battle, and then he's gonna come back and and triumph in the end and protect her, and then they're gonna get together and live happily ever after. Yeah. Now have a happily ever after in this one. Does that do? You, did that make well, it? A, I mean, there's technically as for the lady, she gets to marry. Well, she the gets guy, to live, yeah. And she marry at least she marries some guy. <laughs> no, I just I like how you say that, and your your mom is amused by that too. At least she gets to marry some guy. Why do you say it like that? Because she liked that guy, and she knew that she was engaged. Larry to Talbot. No, not Larry Talbot. No, she's oh, talking the, about her fiance. The oh yeah, the 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 nerd guy. You thought at least she gets to wind up with somebody, so her all of her love interest is not gone at the end of the movie. But so I guess you didn't really answer the question, though. Do you think that um, does it bother you that there's no happy ending for Larry and uh, Gwen at the end of the Wolfman, or did that make it a more interesting movie for you? Larry did have a happy ending. He was free of the wolf. Well, well, okay. yeah, but he's dead too. So what? Dead people can live as ghosts. <laughs> okay. Why do you say so what, though? I mean, don't don't you think that that's a tragic ending for him? That he uh, he comes to home and uh, finds a woman uh, who enjoys his company and then suffers the curse of the werewolf and has to die at the end of the, the film? Makes sense for him. Why do you think, why do you think that? He was spying on her with a telescope. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Larry's a bit of a creep. Yeah, he's a real creep. Like, I feel like in 1941, they were playing that as he was hot in pursuit and, you know, not willing to take no for an answer and was going to fight for his love of Gwen despite every signal and, you know, statement that she made to him being like, dude, you need to take like four steps back right now because you're in my personal space. Also, you're spying on me and that's not okay either. It would be it would be very inappropriate if she didn't know. Like, because she didn't know that he was doing that. But if she did know and it was supposed to be like playful spying, like they would spy at each other when they were doing like weird stuff. Oh, if, if, if they had met and had a connection and he was like, Later, I'm going to be testing a telescope. Maybe I'll check in on your window. And she was like, hee hee, okay. Then it would be fine, right? But if he was just spying on her, then it would not be okay. Yeah, because he was spying on her. Right. If she had known, it wouldn't be spying on her because she knew. Well, I mean, it would technically still be spying on her if he said later because she doesn't know what time. Right. Well, what would you do if some boy that you didn't know came up and was like, hey, I know all of these secrets about the way that your room is laid out. Don't you think that's charming? Would you think that was charming? You seriously don't know that I would punch him in the face? I know that, but this is a podcast for the listeners, so we're sharing our thoughts with other people. (laughs) Well, what do you think about the fact that she decides to go on a date with him anyways? Although, is it really a date? Because he's like, we're doing this. Yeah, he. I feel like he asked her to go with him on this date. She said no. She's not interested. She's engaged, we find out. So why would she want to go on a date with a stranger, particularly a creepy one who's apparently been watching her in her room? And then he waits outside her business for her to be closed for the day and ready to leave. And then he's like, okay, you know, let's go on this date. And she's like, no, I I really don't want to. And he's like, no, no, we're going and just will not accept no for an answer. And then she ends up getting her friend to go with her. I'm sure this is not how the filmmakers intended it, but to me... It played very much like a woman who is seeking a safe out from an unsafe situation. Yeah. Because what's she supposed to do? Go home and like have him pursue her there? You know, it really sucks for a friend then because she brought her safety buddy along and the safety buddy gets eaten by a werewolf. Yeah. she's this, There's a lot of weirdness there where she's like, okay, I want you to come with us to chaperone because I don't know this man and it's not really safe for me to go off in the woods with him. Uh, but then once she gets there, she's like, okay, now we're going to go off in the woods. I'm just going to leave you here alone. Like, it's... But Lon Chaney's pretty charming. I mean, yeah, but I got the impression that she did not want to go with him. And she ultimately agrees more because he won't take no for an answer than because she wants to go. Do you think that Larry Talbot not taking no for an answer in that spot, Claire, is charming and persistent? Because he likes her and he wants to go with her? Or do you think that that's rude by not taking her first answer? If he liked her, he would take her first answer. Yeah, see, that's what I think. If you like somebody, then you should respect them enough to allow them to have their own feelings and their own opinion. If you are saying to someone, no, we're going on this date whether you want to go with me or not because I've decided, then you don't like that person. You just see them as a supporting character in this show that you're having all by yourself. When me and my friend Philip play together, if he just starts going crazy and I don't like it, I'll be like, will you please like back up and like just keep doing pretend fighting and he says okay and he backs up. We just keep doing normal like pretend like pew pew and stuff like that. And then if I get too close and he doesn't like it, I'll respect him when he does that. But if he was Larry... Where I was Larry, I would just keep doing it anyways, even though he says he doesn't like it, or I say I don't like it. 
you know, story-wise, I don't think Larry's a great guy. I, I think Larry's a pretty self-involved guy. I think he marches kind of his own tune. I think that's supported there in the script because he ditches his family to go off on his own to do his own thing. And he only comes home when his older brother dies and his dad needs help and he guesses he'll come back up. And he really doesn't have a very close relationship with his father. But to me, it's this is a guy who just kind of pursues his own thing. He knows what he wants and he goes after it. I think that's nice sometimes if you get away from your family and you do the things that matter the most to you that's i think that's a great character trait but you know the flip side of that coin is you, you know you you spy on a girl and and you go and you don't take no for an answer when you when she when you ask her out for a date and, and she says no um but i think lon cheney's performance of all of that is wonderful like i i think he does a great job in this movie so you're not, not saying that long cheney jr is bad yeah yeah larry talbot i think is a jerk as a character okay just to clear yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lon Chaney in his performance of Larry Talbot, I think is wonderful. And I was pleasantly surprised with the movie as well, because I'm watching it and I'm annoyed with kind of the way that he's acting and I find him to be a jerk. But then the way that the movie ends, you know, he pays for his sins. I think the movie's, I think balances that pretty fairly as far as his choices and the consequences of his choices. You know, when they first go out into the woods, um, Bella the fortune teller sees Gwen's friend, She he sees the pentagram on her and i guess as a werewolf at that point he knows that that's the curse telling him this will be his next victim and he's upset by it because he doesn't want to hurt uh this woman he doesn't want to hurt anybody it's obvious but he can't stop himself i like though that larry talbot in his unrelenting pursuit of gwen really puts her in the crosshairs of this curse and i think that that curse kind of actually lines up quite nicely with a sort of like a wolfish guy treating women as prey and and then he realizes she's the victim and he doesn't actually want to hurt her. And he's incredibly upset by the damage that he's caused to her. So I ultimately actually came around to the side of the movie in the way that it was sort of exploring these things a little bit off to the side, I think, from maybe how much more directly they would approach kind of that sort of topic today. But I think it's there in the subtext of the script. I know that there were a couple other things that you wanted to talk about in line with that, Danielle. Yeah, I took some notes while we were watching because I thought that the questions, Claire, that you were asking during the film and you know we always tell you like wait 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 don't <laughs> not right now yeah there's a big no conversating rule while the movies are going on so we can save it for the podcast which is awesome when you record the podcast like after you watch the movie or the next day whereas now we're two and a half weeks on from watching this movie so it's a little bit trickier but i think we'll get there yeah do you remember the scene where she's at her father's store and a bunch of women from the village just come in to the store and are talking to her dad and are like where is she and you know this is all her fault and these people's death is all her fault and I remember you actually said as we were watching it like why are they yelling at her she didn't do anything just what was Larry told it right but the society rules say that because at that time she was engaged to another man going out with Larry of course that ended in the death of people because it's so against the rules for women to go out with men that they're not engaged to it's not against the rules for example if I was engaged to Jaded Philip was one of my best friends she is and we were to go like to like a haunted house house together because we had already planned that before Jaden had even proposed to me. It wouldn't be like I'm going out on a date with him because we had already planned that. I gotta say 1940 society, number one, flat out does not think like that. Uh, you would be required to cancel Society now? 
Joe doesn't think like that. Well, you're you're interrupting. I was oh, getting to that. Sorry, go ahead. My closing point to that statement that I was in the middle of would have been when you come to now, I think people talk about that like they're a little bit more friendly towards that, but they're they're really not. And when you're with somebody and you go out on a date with somebody else, it's hard for people to separate in their heads how that could just be about being friends. People are really judgy about stuff like that. I mean, like really judgy, like really judgy to the extent that it's not that far fetched of an idea that the town would blame her for these deaths for going out on a date with Larry while she was engaged to another dude. What do you think about that? I think that's very unfair. Because <laughs> like, what if one of those women was actually a werewolf? Like, let's just take Larry Tolbert out of the thing. And let's say one of the women, the leader of the pack who started talking about that was actually the werewolf who was killing people and decided that she was going to judge somebody else. That wasn't fair because she was the one who was actually killing people. And she knew that. It was like, I don't want to be judged for it, so I'm just going to blame the girl who's going out to like haunted houses and such with a friend while she's engaged to another boy. Well, I mean, but the community blames her when Larry is now the dude out there murdering people. And it was originally... Uh, Bella, the fortune teller. Bella. Yeah. Yeah. So did you recognize Bella, the fortune teller? Do you know who he was and what we've seen recently? Bella Lugosi played Dracula. He did? Yeah. He's a, I think he's a pretty great actor, don't you think? He looked totally different in The Wolfman. I think he had a great performance. I think he had a totally different physicality to his entire performance between Dracula and um, as Bella the fortune teller. Well, yeah, because Dracula is a member of the aristocracy, so he was very refined and very elegant in his movements. Do you call elegant creeping into people's windows a killing But he did it <laughs> gracefully. He did do it gracefully. <laughs> That's accurate. But Bella the fortune teller is much more agile and limber, and he's very animated when he's talking to the different characters that he interacts with briefly before he dies. So just come completely different character from Dracula. But he's not the only person we've seen before. Larry Talbot's dad, Sir John Talbot, played by Claude Rains, who was the Invisible Man. Well, that's not fair. We don't see him. <laughs> no, we don't see him. <laughs> What else do we want to get into for the Wolfman? I wanted to do something from the Monster... The Monster Squad? Yeah. Going back to, like, the Monster Squad, they said they were always in the character. Like, I know that Dracula and Frankenstein were always a character, but mm -hmm. then I kind of had a question. Frankenstein was always a character. In the movie, Frankenstein is super nice. So how come it scares them when Frankenstein is always a character if Frankenstein is super nice in the movie? Well, I mean, he's made up in a scary way that I think if you're a kid, it's hard to tell the difference between somebody that looks like what you've been told the monster is and somebody who even though they look that way is nice so then they never even talk about the wolfman in <laughs> wolfman's got arts they barely ever talk about wolfman and i'm imagining well if all the monsters are always a character what did wolfman seem like they I mean wolfman when he's a wolf he's super mean but when he's the human guy he's mm -hmm. like begging to kill him with the silver bullet and such yeah. he's like trying to keep everybody safe well i think that's something that definitely carries over over from 1941's The Wolfman, which was both Bella and Larry as werewolves were terribly upset in their human form that they were so violent and destructive as werewolves. But I mean, if they were turned into werewolves, how did they know that they were a werewolf? But that's part of the journey that Larry goes through in The Wolfman is he deduces and investigates and comes to the conclusion that he is, in fact, the monster of the story. And I think when we meet the Wolfman in The Monster Squad, he's already found out that he's this guy. And he's sort of at that point, like the Wolfman in The Monster Squad to me feels like the Hulk in Avengers, where, you know, Bruce Banner is now aware that the Hulk 
Hulk and him are intrinsically linked, but the Hulk is just this devastating creature of destruction that he's scared of and doesn't know how to interact with or solve a problem that he can't fix. But in the movie, he's so scared about that. But that towards the end of the movie and then in Avengers, he can control it. And, and my favorite parts are when Hulk is angry and he's like, whoa, Hulk, calm down, boy, calm down. I love those parts. Well, I, I, I do think of the Incredible Hulk as sort of analogous to... Wolfman. Wolfman to be in the line of a werewolf. I mean, it takes away the moon and the silver bullets that kill him. But, you know, werewolves are really strong beasts that are ruled by their emotion in the moment. And I think that's the Hulk. So I I don't have too much else to say, I think, about the Wolfman, other than the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I had a lot of fun watching it. I enjoyed the Wolfman. One of the the things that I thought was sort of perplexing about it was that when Bella turns into a wolf, it is an actual wolf or, you know, maybe a stunt dog or something like that. It's clearly an animal for the brief That's what I was going to say. Oh, well, go ahead. Finish it. And then when Larry turns into a werewolf, he looks like a man just wearing fur. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought that was kind of interesting because I had not seen the Wolfman prior to seeing Monster Squad. And the portrayal of the Wolfman in Monster Squad is very similar to Larry's Wolfman. Well, yeah, because because Bella looks like a dog. Right. Is a dog. Is a dog. When, in that scene. Like yeah. uh, Larry beats a dog to death in that yeah. scene. Yeah, that was a little hard to watch, actually. Well, did the dog actually die like this? Uh, no, 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 no. Well, I mean, I assume not. We hope not. Yeah. I don't think so. It would be really wasteful to spend all the money to train a dog to perform and then kill it. But at any rate, when we first started the movie and Bella turns into the wolf, and that's our first glimpse of it, I was like, oh, how weird. I totally was not expecting it to be an actual animal. I was expecting a right. man, you know, dressed up as a werewolf. Um, And then when we get our first glimpse at Larry's wolf, I was like, oh, wait, hold on. Maybe it was too much money to train two dogs and they didn't want the same dog to do it yeah sure i mean i think that the that it probably cost like a million dollars or something like that to train a dog to act like a wolf and follow the orders and such because like when they were holding the wolf i thought i saw like a little shadow of like a person like a little shadow of a person and it looked like there was like a leash on him or something and every time the leash looked like it jolted a little bit the dog would like rowl like do stuff so i thought i bet that that's a trade dog well or at least bella lugosi's wolf costume was way more intricate than what they came up with for Lon Chaney. Although I, I did like Lon Chaney's werewolf. I, the makeup that they did and the effects once you actually see him I, as the wolf, I, I, I thought it was pretty good looking. I liked it very much. I felt a little bit cheated that I didn't get to see Bella Lugosi dressed like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree. And I, I wonder what the reason is Maybe, for that. Yeah. I'll bet that what happened is that they didn't like how it turned out for Bella because they decided to just do it differently for Lon Chaney or they had forgotten how they did Bella's and so they tried to do it like a person dressed as a wolf and they forgot because because they probably did other scenes in between the scene of Bella and like the wolf scenes, like I'm guessing. And I bet that one of the reasons is that it was so long ago, like kind of like it was so long ago that I quote unquote forgot how to say excellent. No, I think everybody still remembers how you did not know the name of your own podcast. <laughs> I do. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> Are there any final thoughts that you guys want to put for the Wolfman? Oh, wait, I remember what I was talking about. What? It's, it's it's kind of like when I didn't remember the name of my thing because it had been so long ago. So maybe it was the same thing with um Larry's costume and Bella's costume. It had been so long ago since they made Bella's costume and they like gave the dog back to whoever the owner was and such. And they had, and they they couldn't get the dog back or like they forgot how they did the costume for for Bella. So they had to like do it differently. But I kind of wish that Larry had actually turned into a dog and Bella had turned into like a 
like a standing werewolf because he was an older werewolf. So an older well, werewolf could have been like a person because it was like, because like if an older werewolf was like, because like if the curse wasn't like for the rest of your life and it was just like for a matter of like 30 years or something like that, if it gets older, maybe you turn more back into a person than the last time you changed, you look like a person just with some fur on your hands and your legs and stuff. Like you're if some, like a little bit of fur on your legs and a little bit of fur on your hands. That's the last you look like when you're turned into a werewolf. But then the dog is like what you look like at the very beginning. That's what I expected. So but then I was super surprised when it was the exact opposite. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting point, Claire. And I do sort of wonder now if, if the filmmakers were had a similar idea, but just the reverse. Like when you're initially bitten, kind of look like both. But the longer you turn into the wolf, you become more wolf-like. That is an interesting question. I had sort of assumed, given how famous Bella Lugosi was, that maybe he just said, no, you're not putting that stuff on me. Well, there are certainly apocryphal stories, like they're just stories that people kick around a lot and just sort of say about how difficult and arduous the makeup process was for Lon Chaney getting the Wolfman costume on him. That he w- that for some of it, you know, he would have to sit for five or six or seven or eight hours while they applied all these things to him. Um, and then for some of the transition shots that they did, where they would show that shot where it would blur across the transition, you know, the way that they would do that is they would do a partial layer of makeup, they would shoot him, and he would have to sit still the entire time they would add more stuff to him shoot him again then add more stuff to him and shoot him again and then finish up all the stuff and then shoot him again and that's the you know that quick sequence of five seconds where you see him blur from human to wolfman would take him hours sitting in a chair not being allowed to move while people put stuff on him and then photographed him and put more stuff on him and photographed him some more like i can imagine bella Lugosi's like you guys i'm in this movie for 10 minutes i don't care get a dog i'm not doing it get a dog they say, well, I guess we're getting a dog. Most people would get a stuntman, but Bella Lugosi gets a dog. So, but well, he's a formal man. Yeah, there you go. He's very formal. I guess somehow dogs are formal. <laughs> well, wolves are very regal. Um, I guess the only other thing that I wanted to touch on while we were talking to Claire about the movie and what we watched, because we always try to, you know, yes. touch on any topics that are Parenty. concerning or whatever. What did you say? Parenty? Parenty. Oh. P-A-R-E-N-T-Y. Parenty. Yeah, very good. Okay, well, my parenty moment for this particular episode is I wanted to talk about the portrayal of the fortune tellers in the film because I I felt like there was some good and some bad in the portrayal in the film. First of all, most of the characters in that group are portrayed as being pretty friendly. They have no ill intention towards the villagers or the townspeople. Bella certainly does not want to hurt anyone and that kind of thing. And then the Bella's mother, is it his mother or grandmother? Mother? Uh, I don't know. I think it's his mother. Yeah, I think it's his mother. Um, tries to help Larry and and things like that. So I thought in that way the portrayal was fairly positive. But they do consistently call them gypsies, which is a pejorative term. It's what's a gypsy anyways? Uh, a gypsy is uh what has become a bad way to talk about a group of people who tend to not live in any one spot. So the Roma people are who are typically referred to as gypsies and they move around. They travel. And there are people who are also called gypsies who are not necessarily Roma people that they call then travelers who move around. But gypsies is uh, a, like a, a, a mean way to describe them. And I think it's a word that is not totally in the context. I, I would put it sort of in the same line as, you know, you know very well, I think, not to call um, Native American tribes uh, Indians because that is not 
what they are. Exactly. These people are not gypsies. And it's a name that people use um, to uh, be shorthand for mean things to to describe people as. Kind of like... um, Well, let's not do examples uh, of hate speech. I was was asking, like, to, to... to like confirm it for me. Okay. Like you don't have, you can cut this out if you want to, but kind of like how um how when they were saying like it was like a word in the in the Wolfman's Cottonards movie when the older kids were picking on the little kid. Oh, the oh, the f word. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I I I would say it's it's close. Yeah, it's similar to that where that is demeaning to a group of people based on their sexual orientation. This is more demeaning to a group of people based on their. I I would guess I would ethnicity. say racial. Yeah, ethnicity, racial identity. Yeah, it's ethnicity. So the Roma are are they're called that because the Europeans for a long time believed that they came from Romania, which is a country in Eastern Europe. In actuality, their ethnic origins are from Northern India. Um, and so they have a darker skin complexion than most Europeans. And we know traditionally white people have not always treated those who have darker complexion very well. And that's largely the case here. And um, this cultural group, the Roma, spread out throughout most of Europe and, and have since traveled to the United States and other countries. But historically, they were in Europe. Yeah. As your dad mentioned, the culture is nomadic, so they don't have permanent housing. They move from village to village, and um, they perform a variety of services to uh, support themselves financially. And some of those, not all of them, um, but some of them are performance-oriented, like fortune-telling or dancing or putting on festivals or things like that, um, street magicians, all kinds of different things, um, and even operating small carnivals. And that's why they traveled around, because you, you couldn't really support yourself financially doing that in one place indefinitely. So they would sort of set up shop and operate in that area for a while because there wouldn't be enough business to keep it open all the time. Because no, because after somebody went like once or twice, they wouldn't want to go again because they knew what happened. Sure, exactly. Yeah. Well, and um, so the Roma, they traveled around Europe um, providing these different entertainment type services. And because largely of racism, um, because they had, like I said, a dar- darker complexion, but also because of some of the things we've already talked about, like fear of the outsiders, right, in these small villages. And some of it was classism, which is where people who have money discriminate against people who don't have money. And so, you know, this is a group of people who don't own homes. I don't think they... I don't nobody would call them homeless because they They lived right they lived in their caravans but their homes were not permanent structures and so there's an element of that to it too but their reputation is still is and was very negative people you know implied that they were thieves that they were trying to you know steal from you or they are scam artists some people believe in fortune tellers a lot of people believe that the fortune tellers know that they cannot tell the future and they're just trying to get your money you know personally i don't believe in that fortune tellers have the ability to predict the future but i believe that it is an entertainment thing if you and i both know that this is not serious and we're just doing it for fun, then that's fine. And that doesn't make it a dealing. Dealing would be as if I knew that. I was just going to be like, hey, 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 I'll tell them completely wrong stuff and I'll get their money. <laughs> be like, um, you're going to turn into a vampire. Claire had the power to tell the future. She I would tell people the wrong future, give the but wrong get paid future. anyways. But anyway, so I just wanted to touch on the facts so that you would know that 
the way that the movie portrayed these people, I think, was fairly positive. I don't think that they, the fact that there were murders occurring in the town and the sheriff, or uh, they didn't call him a sheriff, was he a constable? I think he was a constable. Uh, The fact that he did not immediately arrest all of the Roma people and accuse them of having killed someone was actually quite impressive to me. Um, because if you compare it to like Frankenstein, when right? They said that they cut that they came often. Yeah, you yeah. know that's interesting though is that they settle on Larry Talbot real quick, considering. Yeah. So that's I mean, good on them. Yeah, good on them. He is sort of an outsider though. Yeah, I mean, he left. You yeah. know, which is a cardinal sin in a small. In a small town. In a Interesting. small town. Yeah. But at any rate, so the fact that they did not accuse the Roma of having murdered anybody, I was pretty impressed by that, especially given the year that this film was made. And uh, I I thought that the, their characters were good and, and they were a fairly positive portrayal. But just so that you know, you, we don't use the word gypsy. It's, it is not a nice thing. Called Romas? Mm-hmm. The group is Roma or Romani. They're used fairly interchangeably. Um, is Roma just to be mean or is it just a nickname? Kind of like no 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 that's no just that's who they their are. that's uh-huh. their that is what they call themselves. Yeah. Romani is an adjective originally, so like the people were Roma and their culture and you know if you were you were Romani. they were Romani. Um, like it, if you see you call them like Indians and th- but then if you say but then if you're talking about singular you'll say Indian. No, not no. quite. It would be more like um um like if you were talking about people in Afghanistan, um you know, you you would say that's an Afghani product, that thing is Afghani, that person is Afghan. Yeah. Um and then over time because people don't really understand their culture very well, the words sort of got blurred and blended together. And so now members of that group will self-identify as both Roma and Romani, and either one is fine. Yeah, sure. Also, um, English is a dumb language English that is has a, a dumb really language. hard time distinguishing between simple stuff like that. Yeah. and uh, But if you want to be really precise and grammatically correct, it would be Romani people, sort of like Jewish people, or Roma would be the noun. Um, but either of those are fine. Gypsy is not okay, and we don't use that word. Um, you may hear it because a lot of Americans in particular don't understand that there's a negative connotation to the word gypsy because there aren't very many Roma here. Um, and so it's not a prejudice that people have seen up close and in person and are not as familiar with. But it's still baked into our words because you'll, you probably won't hear it that much. Um, I think this popularity of this word has died out. But people will frequently say that I got gypped out of something. And that's shorthand for gypsy, which is shorthander for saying those people will steal from you. I feel as though I didn't get a fair deal. Therefore, I got gypped. And it's a really hateful thing to say. I would also have you keep in mind that uh, much like the Jewish people were persecuted during World War II, this movie was made in 1941, the Roma people were targeted equally by Adolf Hitler for um, mass genocide. Yeah, they were rounded up and put in camps and exterminated right along with the Jewish people. The reason that when you think Holocaust, you don't immediately think uh, Romani is because there just aren't nearly as many of them. That's a pretty heavy way to end a conversation about The Wolfman, um, which is (laughs) a pretty fun uh, movie otherwise. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I I had a lot of fun watching it. Claire, I think you enjoyed The Wolfman. Uh, I think that was on the list of ones that you really enjoyed. I think so far the major miss has really been The Invisible Man. Yeah, I think so. I liked The Invisible Man, huh? Yeah, you did like The Invisible Man. But do you think it's as good as the rest of them? No. The editing was terrible. Like, the editing was 
the editing was terrible with like the how we sound, but like the editing as in like special effects editing, mm-hmm. that was awesome, amazing. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, I guess the final thoughts for me uh, as I close this out. It is Thanksgiving uh, this week, so I guess actually uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I hope you guys have a good time and you get the chance to sit with family and friends and share some food and be grateful for the wonderful things that you have in your life. Uh, I know that we're all very grateful for the support that we've had from you as we put this podcast together. And I certainly am very grateful for the time that I get to spend with my family doing uh, just conversating about movies, which I think is a lot of fun. I think then with the holiday in mind, you know, we're going out of town. We're going to go visit my sister and, and her family. Uh, and there's going to be extended family there. Yep. Our goal is to have the Creature from the Black Lagoon conversation for next Tuesday. But it, as I'm sitting here recording this, I'm thinking we're leaving on Tuesday and we're going to be gone for either until Saturday or Sunday. We may have to push until the next week. So if you don't see something from us next Tuesday, it's just because we were out having a wonderful time with family and friends. And uh, we hope that you guys are doing the same thing. But otherwise, our next episode will be the Creature from the Black Lagoon. And that's going to wrap up our Operation Universal Horror. And uh, we'll talk about next week uh, sort of where we're going to go from there. If you don't already follow the podcast, you can find us on Twitter at B-A-C-E-A podcast. You can find uh, me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at WBDAS. If you've subscribed to the podcast, anywhere you subscribe, please go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, That sort of help is the type of help that only listeners like you can provide as we seek to expand our audiences. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that's the big one for us. We really would love it if you could drop us a five-star review. Even if you just say, you know what? Bill and Claire are great. Danielle is the best. More of her. Five stars. I've written your review for you. Please log into your accounts and go put that in there. That would be awesome. Uh, so I'm I... the best. <laughs> Claire, I love you. And you are my favorite. But I am married to your mom and I share a bed with her. Therefore, she is the best and always will be. No, she can just get out of the podcast and we'll never even have to talk about her again. Oh, God. Let's get out of here before this gets out of control. Uh, so until next time. 